0: Peace family, welcome again to Epiphany Church. My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I want to welcome you to our gathering today. And so, if this is your first time uh, watching online with us, we say we say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you're joining us here in the studio, we're excited that you're here, uh, and we just want to show some love to those who are watching online. So let's show some love here to those watching online. All right, and so listen, I'm here uh, this morning just really simply uh, to prepare your hearts for the word. Uh, we're going to have a word today from our very own minister, Cameron Lawson, uh, and so we're excited about that, and I just want to prepare our hearts for the word uh, with prayer. Uh, I think it's so important and so vital for us to maintain a posture of loving the Word. That's one of our values here at Epiphany. Uh, and so loving the Word, that looks like us posturing our hearts to receive the Word of God simply because it's the Word of God. Amen. And so we're going to do that and posture our hearts through prayer uh, to receive God's Word. So pray with me as I pray today. Father, I pray, God, by your Spirit. God, I pray, God, pray with me, people, that, that, that you would be lifted up today, God. I pray, God, that, that your spirit might be with us, God. I pray, God, that, that you would receive the glory today, God. I pray, God, that you, God, would be exalted and lifted up today, Jesus, because you alone deserve the glory today, Jesus. Not man, God, not ourselves, God, but you deserve the glory. And so, God, we thank you today, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory, God. We give you praise, God. We worship you. God, because you are worthy, God. We worship you because you are worthy, God. So we put our hands together. Now we clap and we celebrate today, God. We rejoice in you. We haven't forgotten how to praise you because of a pandemic, God. We still know how to praise you. We still know how to worship you. In fact, we ought to know how to worship you even better as a result of a pandemic, God. We ought to know how to worship you even more as a result of a pandemic. And so, God, we lift you up on today, Jesus. We we lift you up, Father, because you are worthy. God, you are worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all honor. You're worthy of all glory. You're worthy of everything that we have to give to you. What we give is not enough. So we give you more, Jesus, and so we celebrate you today, Jesus. We worship you today, God. We ask you to come into this place this morning, God. We ask that you would be with us, God. We ask, God, that your spirit might dwell among us, God. God, we pray that those who have come today, they have come to meet you and not to meet a person, God, but they've come to meet the Savior, God, and we pray right now by your spirit through the word, which we know the word is Jesus. We know that the word is Christ incarnate. We know that the word came and lived amongst us, us, God. We know that the word came and dwelled among us and lived and put on flesh, God. So we thank you for the word, God. And we pray right now, God, as Minister Cam comes, God, that you would be with him. God, strengthen him, God. Empower him this morning, God. Give him the words to speak, God. Give him your words of life this morning. And God, we pray by your spirit, God that we will be a church that loves the word in jesus name i pray let's welcome minister cameron lawson
1: good morning good morning good morning epiphany family Uh, my name is minister cameron lawson and it's a privilege and honor to serve you all this morning Uh, our passage this morning comes from the book of james and as pastor Derek has let us know Over the last couple of weeks, this letter is written by James, the brother of Jesus. This letter is a reminder to those early Christians on how to live wisely and authentically for Christ. This letter is written to the 12 tribes dispersed throughout the Roman Empire. That is to say, this letter is addressed to the early Christian church. Even more in particular, those Christians who converted from Judaism. This letter is written after the events of Pentecost and after the death of Stephen, which meant that Christians had started to undergo persecution. Some of this persecution took place from the Jews. Some of those who used to be dear friends and family members were hunting and seeking to kill them because of their faith in Christ. They were also enduring oppression from the Roman Empire itself. That's why James begins this letter, as we just heard last week, and immediately starts talking about choosing joy when encountering trials and the testing of faith that produces endurance. You see, this letter is written to a group of new believers who are experiencing some of the hardest times in their lives. A lot of them are lacking spiritual maturity in the faith and wisdom. And it showed based on the way they were handling life circumstances and the reaction to these circumstances. Some of them were so wayward that one week they're a Christian and one week they're not. Some of them believe but don't really believe. And those who might really believe don't quite grasp the magnitude and reverence for God and what he had just accomplished through Jesus Christ. In short, this letter is still applicable to the Christian church, especially today. For almost the last year and a half, a lot of us have just had our faith tested in more ways than we could have ever imagined. For starters, COVID-19 rocked our world and left us Christians unable to commune together and worship. Scattered us all back to our homes, trying to do church from a computer, tablet, phone, or television screen. A lot of us suffering from feeling a lack of community and discipleship. Some of us new Christians who without that communal worship have now fallen away from the faith. We could not see our loved ones, some even lost loved ones during this time, and were unable to have a funeral service, pay their respects, or say their goodbyes. After the political and racial tension that took place, a lot of us lost dear friends too. In short, this last season has been extremely hard on a lot of us. All this time away from the church has revealed that a lot of us lack spiritual maturity and wisdom. And it showed by the way we handled ourselves over the last 14 months. Much like the early Christians, this letter is addressed to. A lot of us found it hard to choose joy during these times. We failed to do the things that Pastor Darren just preached to us last week. A lot of us lacked spiritual wisdom and maturity. In short, we need a reminder, just like the early Christians did, on how to live wisely and authentically for Christ. But the reality is, family, we do lack spiritual wisdom at times. But the good news is God is really willing and able to supply what we lack if we would only ask. Family, to put it plainly, we need to seek God and God alone for the spiritual wisdom we lack. There are a couple things I want you to see this morning in our text. Uh-oh. One, we do lack spiritual wisdom. And I want you to see the ways in which we lack spiritual wisdom. Two, which is also the main point, and if you forget everything else I say this morning, I want you to get this. You need to go to God and God alone for the spiritual wisdom you need. And he is ready, willing, and able to supply it. And lastly, don't doubt God. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your spirit, God. I ask that you fill me with your spirit, God. Help me to proclaim your word boldly, faithfully, truthfully, clearly, and effectively and with power, God. God, consume every part of me, God. May everything I say uplift you and glorify you, God. I ask all the things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from 1st James chapter one, I mean, James chapter one, verses five through eight. Once again, that's James chapter one, verses five through eight. And I'll give you a couple moments to get there if you're not there already. It reads, now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. As I said, our passage this morning comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. The first words we see, starting, with, starting in verse 5, Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. That first word now comes from the same word we get the conjunction word but from. And either way, he's continuing on from verses 2 through 4, which Pastor Derek just preached to us last week by saying, you need to consider great joy when you experience trials because it tests your faith and produces endurance so that you can be a complete and mature Christian who lacks nothing. But... If you do lack wisdom and all the things that come with wisdom, such as what we just heard from Pastor last week, choosing joy in the midst of trials, enduring, and as we will find out later in verses 19 through 27, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and controlling our impulses, desires, and anger. Over the last 14 months, a lot of us have displayed a lack of wisdom as we were tested in these areas. Some of us were short with people that we were trapped in the house with after a while. Maybe arguing with your spouses more. Maybe a little less patience with the kids than you would normally have. Short with our coworkers that we have to see on Zoom for the umpteenth time. Short with your mom or grandma or aunt as she calls you for the umpteenth time to check when you're in a row and see where you're at, knowing you're trapped in the house like everybody else. Right, we're all struggling to keep our composure during these times. Some of us fell back in old habits, not only partaking in old sinful habits, but indulging in them. Watching that inappropriate film once turned into an everyday, multiple times a day thing. Maybe you picked up your old gambling habit. With all these new online casinos and betting, it just became hard to resist. Whatever yours may be, a lot of us displayed a lack of wisdom during the COVID months, and it showed. The reality is, family, we do lack spiritual wisdom. But notice what else James says here in verse 5. When we lack wisdom and display it, we need to pray for it. That's a little odd, right? This seems like something that doesn't need to be said. Christians who lack wisdom and display would obviously know to go to God and ask for that. That's the first thing we do, right? But James and the Holy Spirit who co-authored this letter wrote it for a reason. That reason is because that's usually the last thing we do. Family, to ask for something you don't have, you first have to know you need it. In order for us Christians to know we lack spiritual wisdom, we must first be aware. But some of us, on the contrary, don't think we lack wisdom. We think we're full of it. And some of us are full of it. Some of us are so filled to the brim with worldly wisdom. And what I mean by that is some of us don't equate the way we mishandle trials and temptations to a lack of spiritual wisdom. Because where we come from and everybody in our circles, they mishandle these situations the same way. And they tell us that's wisdom. And that's the way we should handle it. Right, when someone cusses you out, you need to get them. Don't let them people on the job talk to you that way. Don't take no mess from nobody. But the reality is that's not using spiritual wisdom. That's doing it the way you've always done it. When you find yourself in the midst of these situations, you need to take a minute and pray for spiritual wisdom that comes from God and God alone to know how to be able to handle yourself. You see, family, to first understand we lack godly wisdom, we need to tune out, cut off, and root out every lie that the world has told us is wisdom. We have to understand that we serve a God who transcends this world, who created this world. His ways are not the world's ways, not our ways, and almost always are the exact opposite of the world's ways. You see, the world teaches us to live for ourselves. While the spiritual wisdom tells that we live for him who created, sustains us, and redeems us. To first realize we lack spiritual wisdom, we must first recognize that everything the world tells us is a lie and seek God and God alone for the truth and spiritual wisdom we lack. During the times of the church, there was foolishness coming from the world masquerading itself as wisdom as well. In fact, a good temperature reading to know if you're handling life's trials and temptations correctly is when people in the world start looking at you funny and telling you the way you're handling it now is foolish. For 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us the person without the Spirit of God does not receive what comes from God because it's foolishness to him. 1 Corinthians 1.27 also tells us, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. If the world calls it wise as a Christian, we have to know and realize it's foolishness and handle it another way. In fact, oftentimes the complete opposite way. The second hurdle for us in going to God when we lack spiritual wisdom is because we're ashamed that we lack wisdom and mishandled our trials and temptations. When we give in and don't endure, usually the first thing we feel is shame, failure and defeat. Because we can't make up for this lack of spiritual wisdom on our own. And we've showed it, and we think everybody knows. So we try to hide it from people. Try to hide it from ourselves, and most importantly, we try to hide it from God. Proving even more that we lack spiritual wisdom. Another way you know as a Christian you're lacking in spiritual wisdom is when you know you lack it and you don't pray for it. Instead, you go to Google or self-help bit or listen to this new relationship expert on Instagram or on TV who has this great new method or way of living they want to sell you to gain this wisdom that you lack. You see, that's why James reminds us to pray to God when we lack spiritual wisdom because spiritual wisdom comes from God. Don't waste time looking and asking for spiritual wisdom from man when you have the ability to go straight and directly to the source. Because of what Christ has done. Family, why do we waste time looking for spiritual wisdom in all these trends? Taking in all this useless and confusing information, which only ends up causing trauma. When we are trying to get something that only God can provide, we need to go to God and God alone for the spiritual wisdom we lack. I said earlier that James is a Jewish convert to Christianity. And is writing this letter to Christians who are also former Jews. And is no doubt thinking of Solomon. And wants to remind these early Christians of a Bible story and character that they already know. And just like him, they have all studied OT scriptures since they were children. We find out in 1 Kings chapters 1 through 3 that during the time when Solomon was made king, he faced a number of trials. His brother tried to take the throne and, and garnered some support from the people of Israel and had to be killed along with his supporters. And in the midst of these trials, the Lord comes to Solomon in a dream and says, ask what you want and I'll give it to you. Solomon, realizing he's only a youth and lacks spiritual understanding and experience requested wisdom and discernment to properly discern good and evil. Solomon, realizing what he lacked, No, not in a worldly sense, but he knew he lacked spiritual wisdom and discernment and went straight to the source and asked for it. And the Lord gave him wisdom as well as blessed him with many other things. In the midst of his trials and temptations, Solomon went to the source of all things and didn't ask for physical things that could have made what he was facing easier. He did not ask for items associated with wealth, prosperity, or even health. He asked for spiritual wisdom and discernment between good and evil. James wanted to remind these early Christians that in the midst of your trials and temptations, we need to pray for wisdom on how to properly handle them and go directly to the source as Solomon did. To put it plainly, what James is saying, in essence, is the same God who supplied wisdom to Solomon when he lacked it is the same God who's ready, willing, and able to supply them to you and I as well. James wants us to know that divine wisdom that comes from God is the only thing that can counteract the evils we face in the human life. James said we should pray and seek God and God alone for wisdom. But What is wisdom? Proverbs 9, 10 tells us the beginning of wisdom is fear of great reverence and awe for God. You see, sometimes it's obvious we lack spiritual wisdom because of our lack of reverence and awe for God. What do I mean by that? Well, in the midst of your trials and temptations, do you pray for God in wisdom and discernment and things rooted in his word? Or do you treat him like a genie whose only purpose is to grant you your wishes and desires? Asking, what can God do for me or give me today? Viewing prayer time like rubbing on a lamp or throwing a coin into a wishing fountain. Or, those, or there are those of us who show our lack of wisdom and lack of reverence at all for God by treating him like a get-out-of-jail-free card, only praying in grave danger or trouble. Right? We see this all the time referenced in pop culture, that man who's gotten himself in trouble and finds himself in a corner saying, God, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again, only to get out of it and do the same thing he was doing before. And what usually makes this funny is this person has no associations with God before or after this. But what's not funny is a lot of us are treating God like that right now. Some of us are treating God like this right now, family. We must start to understand who it is that we serve when we go to in prayer. You're going to God, the king of all kings, the ruler and creator of all life on heaven and earth, the one who sees, hears, and knows all things. The one that knows you so intimately and deeply, he knows all the numbers of the hairs of your head. Family, we need to have some reverence and awe for God. And remember how great our God is and approach him and ask him for things that are rooted in his word. That help us to live a godly life in this wicked world. We need to understand that our God is one to be feared and approach him as such. But verse 5 also gives us good news. You see, Although we mishandle trials and temptations incorrectly and show a lack of wisdom, when we approach God correctly and ask for things that are rooted in his word, like spiritual wisdom and discernment that we need, he gives it. And he gives it to all who ask generously and ungrudgingly. That's good news. You see, family, James wants us to know that God knows we lack spiritual wisdom sometimes. And we will sometimes give in to temptation and mishandle trials. But furthermore, not only does he know that, but he's ready, willing, and able to provide us with the tools and spiritual wisdom we need to endure. If only we would ask. You've heard the saying, before you ask not, you have not because you ask not. In fact, by revealing this to us in his word, it tells me that he wants us to ask for spiritual wisdom. Because he knows, as we should, that he's the only one that can provide it. Not only does he want us to come to him in prayer and ask for things like spiritual wisdom and discernment, but we need to realize and take it a great blessing that he hears us when we make that confession of lack and plea for wisdom and gives it to us generously. Webster's Dictionary defines generously as giving in a way that shows readiness to give more than necessary or expected. The makers of Webster's Dictionary must have been talking about God when they were thinking of a way to define this word because it looks a lot like Ephesians 3.20, which states, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to his power that's at work in us. Family, this means that when you pray for things that are rooted in his word like wisdom, he will give you more than what you asked for. More than you can even imagine. But also verse 5 says, not only does he give wisdom generously when asked, but he gives it ungrudgingly. Which means being without envy or reluctance. Meaning he's not keeping a record of how many times you slipped up and had a lack of wisdom and needed him provided. In fact, that word ask in the Greek is present tense indicating that this ask is a repeated action meaning that it will happen multiple times. We will lack spiritual maturity and wisdom more than once in our life. And we'll need to ask God more than once, multiple times, and he will grant that request every time. Family, God is not like us. His generosity is not critical like ours. It's not looking at us when we pray for wisdom after a lack of judgment for the 30th time, saying, here you come again. Asking for wisdom and discernment, I just gave you some earlier today, yesterday and last week. He will keep giving wisdom, knowledge, and discernment to us as much as we ask. To all of us who want to ask him for it. God gives to those who are humble and realize they are in lack and in need of something which only he can give. And gives it to us without reminding us how many times we've asked for it before. Nor does his willingness decrease to grant a humble request again. James is promising us that God will not mock us when we request for spiritual wisdom. There's no need to feel shame when coming to him. He will not belittle us in our stupidity. Instead, will grant us the wisdom we're asking for. I know, I know, I know there are some of you in here and online thinking, how can we be sure that God will give us these things generously and ungrudgingly? The answer is Jesus. You see, we are and were sinful and lacked righteousness in the sight of God. But God provided a way that not only makes you and I right to be with him, but every person who humbly confesses their sins and asks for forgiveness. He gave us Jesus, who paid for each and every one of our sins. Now he makes intercession for the Father on our happy daily. Then he gave us the spirit which resides in us and provides us with what we lack to overcome this world and live for him. Family, when God gave us his son, he gave to us generously and ungrudgingly. Now, no matter how many times we sin, he forgives us generously and ungrudgingly. We can be confident that he will give us wisdom generously and ungrudgingly because he gave us Jesus. Verse 6 begins with another conjunction word. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. It goes on to say that that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded in all his ways. After reminding these early Christians to pray when they lack spiritual wisdom, maturity, and completeness, James adds a condition. But when you do pray and ask God for these things, pray in faith. Well, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. In other words, when we pray and ask God for wisdom, we need to go with expectancy in our hearts, knowing that he will grant it. Pray as if he's already granted it. Sometimes when I pray and I'm asking God for something I know is rooting in his word, I transition to thanking him in advance for doing so because I know he will. Family, when you pray for wisdom and a sermon on how to best live a godly life, the next thing you need to do is start praising him in advance because he's going to do it. And watch what he does. He will bring a joy and a peace over you in the midst of your trials and temptation that will surpass all understanding. His spirit will convict you and help help you to resist the temptation to sin. He will start to guide you away from that sin in your life. Then after that, you need to go and tell somebody what God did for you. How he heard you and saw you when you lacked spiritual wisdom and supplied it for you. You need to be able to say like the psalmist did and says, When I look back over my life, if it had not been for God on my side, I don't know where I'd be. Tell somebody about how God answered you and heard you when you called him. Yeah. But we must go to him in full faith, knowing and understanding we serve a God who is more than able. He doesn't have to prove himself to us, but he does. The reality is he did when he woke you up this morning. We have to trust God in his promises because we know who our God is and we have no reason to doubt. We serve a God who will do what he said he will do. His very nature and character is faithfulness. Who are we humans who break promises daily while sometimes swearing on God to doubt God? To pray to God and doubt him is an insult to his very nature and character. Lastly, James warns us against doubting and gives us characteristics of the type of person who doubts God. And tells us this person should not expect to receive anything from God. It reads, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. The person is double-minded in all his ways. I said just a moment ago that doubting God is an insult to his very nature and character. God's faithfulness to us and himself is the only reason we have any idea what faithfulness is. I say that to say it takes a special type of person to doubt God, They're not special in a good way. This type of person is just as unstable in their belief to God as they are unstable and double-minded about everything they do in their life. It's no coincidence the same people who doubt God are the same people who say the earth is flat, although we have satellite images of the earth. It's of no coincidence these same people who are double-minded about Christianity are double-minded about that horrible 10-year relationship they're in still going nowhere. Break up and done one minute, and the next minute they're back together with them. They're the same people who have a different job and are changing career paths every other week. It's of no coincidence these same type of people doubt God because they're in unstable in all their relationships in life whether it's with their family, spouses, or co-workers, or friends. Always not speaking to somebody because something somebody did or said to them or they're jealous of them. We all know these people. And it should not surprise us that they insult God with their doubt. But it should serve as a warning to any Christian to approach God in full belief. Because the minute you start doubting God, it will lead to instability in your life and double mindedness in all areas of your life. Perhaps there's somebody in here watching online who has been doubting God. And after hearing his word recently, can no longer stay in unbelief. Maybe things are unstable in your life, just as the text says. I want you to know that can end today. You can trust God today. He wants you. He's waiting for you. Perhaps you're a Christian in here online today, and during this pandemic season, you have found you have not endured well. You've lacked spiritual wisdom and maturity. The good news is the same for you. That can end today, too. If you come to God and humbly confess that lack of wisdom and discernment and recent backsliding to sin and old habits and ask God for forgiveness, he will grant you wisdom and discernment. And tell you how to best live a devoted life to him. He will grant your requests. And furthermore, family, he's the only one that can do it. So we need to go to God and trust him to do what he says he would do. Family, we need to go to God and God alone for the spiritual wisdom we lack. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and heavenly father, Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you. That there's power in your word, Lord. Your word fixes our heart and changes our minds, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even though we are sinful in man and lack the spiritual wisdom, that we need to do the things that you desire of us, God, that you have made a way, God. You've made a way, God, and we thank you, God, that all we have to do is ask, God, And you will give us, God. I pray, God, that everyone who heard this word today, who is lacking and feels the need and lack of spiritual wisdom in their life, God, that they would seek you for that, God. God, and I praise you in advance, God, for endowing them with the spiritual wisdom that they have asked for, God. I praise you, God, for what they're going to do for you in the future, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, you, God, that you've given us everything we need, God. Thank you, God, that you're ready, willing, and able to grant us the desires of our heart that are rooted in your word, God. God, we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen.